If you've been podcasting for any length of time, you know how hard it is to find exactly the right audience for you. Well, that's one of those things that I think a lot of people have done well, but they may not be people who've been on our radar up to this point. My guest today is Josh Elledge. Josh is the founder and CEO of upendpr.com, and he's got this great thing set up where he's teaching digital entrepreneurs, which many of us podcasters are, how to become media experts in their area of expertise. And by media expert, he means a media celebrity, someone who is able to get in front of their ideal audience on a big scale. And this conversation with Josh is just loaded with powerful tips for how we can get into that sort of a cycle of the media actually calling you to be their expert on a segment of their particular show, whether it's TV, radio, newspapers, whatever. Josh is just the most gracious guy. He's got a great free offer for us at the end of the podcast episode. I want you to stick around and listen to this whole thing because Josh's experience is personally learned and earned experience that he's going to teach us how to do on this episode of Podcastification. So keep listening. Here we go. My interview with Josh Elledge. My name is Carrie Green, and I am the Client Happiness Guy at PodcastFastTrack.com, and this is Podcastification. This show is all about podcasting, how to do it, how not to do it, best practices, interesting news items that have to do with the realm of podcasting, and who knows what else. And I'm trying to do it all with a little bit of fun and some information to help you get a show going, keep yours going, or make it better. And if you like what's going on here on the show, I would appreciate it, oh, so appreciate it, if you could leave a rating or review on iTunes. You can find out how to do that at podcastfasttrack.com slash review. That's enough of that kind of stuff. Let's get you podcastificated right away. Okay, well, I am super excited today to be talking with Josh Elledge. Josh, how are you doing today? Excellent, Kerry. Thank you so much. Oh, that is great. We are recording right after the 2017 Thanksgiving holiday here in the U.S. Uh, Josh, did you get stuffed with turkey and stuff? <laughs> you know, so I, I think I've enjoyed a turkey now uh, four or five days in a row, which I don't mind, but uh, I'm definitely on the tail end of I'm all turkeyed out. Yeah, me too. You know, the stuffed with turkey thing there, that sounds a little weird given that turkeys are usually stuffed themselves. So <laughs> I'll just uh, leave it at that and we'll move ahead. Now, the reason I invited Josh to come on the show is because Josh is a, a guy that I would define as a big time marketer PR kind of an expert. His website is upendpr.com. You can check that out. But Josh has gone about this a little differently than most podcasters do. And so I want to kind of pick his brain a little bit, but have him share also from his own experience and his expertise, what he sees working for anybody, whether it's a podcaster or not. So Josh, let's start this way. I noticed on your website, you've got a video there and you said you feel like you have a moral imperative <laughs> to help people with their PR that traditionally has been kind of gobbled up or hogged by PR and marketing firms. So why don't you explain that to us? What do you mean when you say that? 
Yeah, I mean, currently, if you want more publicity, you've got one of two options. Either you can pay out the nose and you could pay a very pricey PR firm, or if you're lucky, you might be able to find someone that's got lower rates, but then, you know, are they really truly talented in that? Uh, Now, the other option, of course, is that you could just do it yourself. And that's pretty much it. So uh, my background is such that uh, I was uh, right out of high school. I joined the United States Navy and I was a Navy journalist. And so I had gained some experience with working with influencers and working with the media. And uh, so I used that experience to launch my own company 11 years ago. And that company is Savings Angel. And now Savings Angel has been in the media. I've been in the media over 2000 times. And that's how we grew Savings Angel into a company that uh, ended up doing about $6 million in revenue so far. And we have spent less than $500 in advertising. So we've had some success with that. And so, you know, while other businesses are languishing or they're just stuck, you know, where they're just not growing like they wish that they could, I have the answer. I know how they can solve that because really exposure is everything. And if you have enough exposure, then you're going to do all right. I mean, the best businesses in the world and the best business ideas in the world aren't really going to get much traction until they just get more eyeballs. So, you know, knowing what I know, it's been a great joy to be able to help as many businesses as I have over the past. I'd say I've been pretty serious about this now for about the past five or so years. And uh, we've seen a lot of really great success stories. Give me an example of one of those success stories. And particularly if it's someone who has a podcast or a brand that utilizes a podcast, there's one off the top of your head. Give me an example of what's the kind of thing that you would do for someone in those shoes. Yeah, uh, I'd highly recommend you give uh, John Livesey's podcast a listen. He's known as the Pitch Whisperer, and John is a very good friend of mine. And uh, John's had the opportunity to appear in a number of local TV media now. And as a result, he gets phenomenal exposure. He gets uh, a lot of attention. He gets booked as, I mean, he's an author. Uh, he's a podcast host. His podcast is called The Pitch Whisperer, and he does a lot of public speaking now. And he's traveling the world, speaking, I mean, living the life. And a big part of how he promotes his brand and how he increases his speaking fees is he's just sought after by the media now. And so he and I have done a lot of media coaching where even though his expertise is to go into a room and wow a room of investors, there are a lot of rules when you are in the media if you want to perform well. And of course, my job with John is to help him to make a lot more money. So that would be one. John is just a, you know, one of those guys, just a salt of the earth kind of guy too. So I love seeing his success. Well, I totally, totally appreciate that because, you know, a lot of podcasters are those salt of the earth kind of people. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they really are everyday guys who are learning to use the digital means we have at our disposal to get a message out. But I think sometimes that sort of an approach causes us to think traditional media is kind of our enemy in some sense. And, you know, we do things differently, you know, and we can actually get our own bias and our own prejudice against traditional media, which it sounds like you don't have. You've got this approach that is able to make the most of traditional media. So tell us a few of the ways that you counsel or advise your clients to go about, so to speak, pitching themselves to traditional media that could actually benefit a podcaster. 
Sure. And by the way, the rules that I talk about are really, they're going to work no matter what the media platform is. So yeah, I will use terms like published, uh, you know, maybe it's newspapers or TV or radio. Really, the rules are the same, whether you're working with them or you're working with a social media superstar, a big YouTuber, a podcaster. I mean, a lot of what I'm talking about, it all applies. So at the end of the day, you want to be in front of your ideal targeted audience. If you sell products and services, you want to be in front of people that are ultimately going to buy your products and services. And so what that means is that you should be everywhere and anywhere. I mean, I'm not going to discriminate against traditional media because it's pretty easy to get there. And I think the added bonus to being on and in traditional media is there's a huge increase in authority. Obviously, it's very cool to work with a big YouTuber and they may have a huge audience. But if you put that YouTuber's name on the front of your pay, on the front of your webpage as saying, as seen on Joey the YouTuber's YouTube channel, you know, that might be impressive to a segment of the population. It might be impressive to your audience. But, you know, if you're in the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times or uh, the Today Show, it just has a different appeal that a lot of us can understand that, okay, well, if you get those kind of logos on there, that's probably going to improve your conversion rate and your overall authority. And and again, your overall authority is just going to help in so many ways with your business and namely you being able to make a lot more money. Yeah, I think that makes total sense to the average listener of this show, that exposure definitely gives you more benefit. Now, there was something you said in there that caused my ears to perk up, and I'm sure it did for many of my listeners. You said it's relatively easy to do, to get that exposure on traditional media. What do you mean by that? That sounds too good to be true. So there's a few things. If you're talking in terms of smaller media outlets, then it really isn't that difficult. And if, however, you're saying, well, I wanted to get on the Today Show or Good Morning America, that's something like that. Well, yeah, there's a little bit more of a process there, but it's not rocket science. Yeah. So what would you define as a smaller media outlet? Oh, local TV, local TV, local radio, local newspaper. And you have to start there. And sometimes people will approach me and like, hey, you know, how can I get on the Ellen show? And I say, I could tell you exactly how to get on the Ellen show. You have to pitch Ellen's producers and here's how to find Ellen's producers. And uh, so I share with them how to do that. But here's the thing. They're probably not going to engage with you if you've never been in the media to begin with. Mm. So it's wonderful if you're kind of getting started in in social media and that sort of thing, um, but you really should start working your way up the ladder. So national media, like The Ellen Show, they're not going to touch you unless you've already done some other national media, and I would say lower tier national media. And that lower tier national media is not going to touch you until you've done some major market stuff. So like you've been on the air in LA, Chicago, New York, that sort of thing. And of course, they're not going to touch you until you've done media in your local market. Say maybe your major, a big, big ish city. I'm in the Orlando market and I've been on TV over 600 times in Orlando alone. So it's no problem for me to go to Tampa or Atlanta or Chicago or even New York and say, hey, I've been on the media a bunch. I've got all my media that you can see. It's all on YouTube. You can watch it. Here's a link to it. I'm a known commodity at that point. I'm a reliable source. They know that when they put me on air, I'm going to do okay. And so the big deal 
in media is just the accumulation of all the little deals. And then you build your authority and you build your trust level so that you can go about anywhere. And you could say, hey, uh, you know, I've been here and there. I'm a safe bet. <laughs> you, yeah. can, you could trust me. I, I've, I've been there. And, and that's kind of how it works. Yeah, well, I can definitely see that. No media outlet wants someone who's going to choke on air. No. They, they no, want someone no. that they can feel confident in. Yeah. Oh, gosh. That is like every producer's nightmare that they book a bad guest. So authors are notoriously bad guests. So if you're an author, it's just going to take you a little bit of practice to get good at that and build their trust level. Of course, you know, one thing that's really critical is every time you're in the media anywhere, and it it could be a YouTube interview, video interview, maybe you did a live stream somewhere, maybe you're on a podcast, you capture that information, and you make that available in your press kit on your website. And you might be saying, well, Josh, I don't have a press kit. And then, and I would return and say, well, that's kind of your first step. So when people, you know, do ask the question, and I may have preempted a question that you had about like, what are the first things to get started? Uh, yep, is that you, you have to mind. work. Yep. You have to work on those, what I call authority indicators. And it basically just communicates to other influencers, journalists in the media that you are a known commodity. It's very easy to work with you. And here is all my evidence to support that. And so this is going to be information like where you've been, maybe multiple versions of your bio. Certainly you want to have imagery that has your headshot and you just want to show that you take your branding very seriously. And if you take your branding seriously, then guess what? Other people are going to take your branding seriously. Yeah, that totally makes sense to me. So let me ask you some specifics on that. You said there are elements you need to have in that media kit, so to speak, in the way that you present yourself. For a podcaster, for someone, let's say, who has a a podcast about some hobby like stamp collecting or whatever, Mm -hmm. there is a a large group of people across the United States who are very interested in stamp collecting or very passionate about it. What would that person include in a media kit to start moving into that Mm -hmm. genre, that niche in a way that lends authority to their brand? Yeah, you bet. So, and I love that you gave such a very specific example because what the media love to do and what any influencer loves to do, and again, influencer, whether they're in the media or they have a huge blog and they're really well known, they have a huge audience, they're all kind of looking for the same thing is they want to be able to figure you out really quickly. So, oh yeah. Carrie is the guy who loves stamps and he knows everything about the history of stamp collecting. And so it's really easy for them to just identify who you are. So don't worry about being typecast. Being typecast is a good thing. So with Savings Angel, my other company, the Chicago Tribune, give you a great example, knows me as the guy who knows everything about couponing. And so when coupons are in the news, guess who they call? They call me. And I like that because I have a relationship where I have brought them a lot of value in the past. Now, there are other things that I talk about in terms of like consumer savings, but that's how they happen to know me. And so I'm absolutely going to play that up with them. So in your press kit, you want to communicate. And I was just actually working with somebody this morning about this, in fact, and we were talking about how, you know, if there's one page where you just go ahead and communicate that you are the best in the world at something, it would be on your press kit. You want to write 
like your publicist. And your publicist is not going to pull any punches in talking about how great you are. So assuming that you're doing your own press kit, you shouldn't either. And by the way, if you're, you know, I kind of went through some of the elements of a good press kit. It doesn't have to be perfect, but a good press kit is better than no press kit. You know, so in terms of like, oh, I don't know if it's going to be perfect or not. Don't worry about that. At least have a bio, headshots, questions that the media can ask you, clippings and clippings would be where else have you appeared in the media? And again, you want to kind of gather all of that for them. Um, but again, don't be afraid to toot your own horn. This is the one place where you're going to talk about all of your successes. And if you can convince your audience that you are truly as important as you are in real life, then they're going to say yes to you. And here's the thing too. If I spend time, Carrie, if I spend time with you in person, there are just things I'm going to pick up about you. I can gauge your confidence level. I can gauge, you know, how you carry yourself, your energy. There's just things that I'm going to be able to sense in person that I'm just not going to be able to pick up if I'm just reading words about you on your website. So that's why it's so critical that we do our best to communicate our value to the world in the words that we choose when we kind of talk about our bio or what makes us so great or the value that we can bring to an audience. So when someone's constructing this media kit or this press kit, as you called it, is this something they would create in a digital form like a PDF? Is this something they would have listed on their website? I mean, how do they disseminate this to the people that they're trying to pitch? Yeah, that's a really good question because, and I have to differentiate that there's a difference between a press kit and a media kit. Now, a media kit, it sound like the exact same thing. Now, a media kit would be appropriate if, let's say, you were selling advertising on your website. And so a media kit would have information about, here's how to do business with me. Here's how we can advertise. Here, I, Here's how I do sponsored posts. That would all go into your media kit. Then, of course, if you're a speaker, you would also have a speaker kit, and a speaker kit would be all about here's how you can book me, that sort of thing. Now, usually those first two, they can go either way. You can either have a web page uh, that includes that information or you can put them in a PDF. Now, I will say that a press kit, it's not necessary to put that in a PDF. In fact, I would advise against it. It's better that you just have all of this information in an HTML web page, you know, just on a, on a WordPress web page and it's linked from the bottom of your front page and linked, you know, it's always in the footer of your site. You can, you know, it's one click away no matter where you are on your website. Because an influencer may have just done a Google search for you, came up on your maybe about us page or your product page, and now they just say, hey, this looks pretty good. Now I want to learn about Carrie Green, the person. And then that's where they would go and click and find your press kit, which would include all of that information. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I appreciate that, Josh. Now, let me take it a step further. Okay, say this person who is into stamp collecting has created this press kit, and thank you for correcting me on the definitions there. Obviously, a novice at this, so I'm learning right along with no, everyone else. No. I would say 99% of people don't know that. So it's yeah. a great question. You are serving as a good advocate for your audience, my friend. <laughs> hey, absolutely. That's all I want to be. So say this person has created their press kit, has that on their website with all the links in the right places. And they are going about the process of pitching the media outlet or the person that they feel is the best next step for them, whether that's local or regional, just wherever they're at in the process. Mm -hmm. How are they going to make that pitch? Is that going to be over the phone? Is that going to be email? 
What's the next step? Oh, I love that. In fact, you know, assuming that your authority is all set, right? And authority is more than just having a press kit on your website, I should say. It's having a great professional website because you're being harshly judged on how your website looks. You're being harshly judged on how you come across in social media. And I should say that the two most important social media platforms, if you want to impress the media or other influencers, are Twitter and LinkedIn, because those are the ones they really care about. Facebook generally, I think a lot of influencers see that as kind of where you hang out personally. That's not your professional presence. But Twitter and LinkedIn, that's how you show up professionally. And so it's really important that you have some good engagement, you have a decent sized audience, and that you take that stuff seriously. And then of course, your Google search results, I think are also critically important. That's your digital reputation. So assuming that you've got those things in place and your reputation is solid, your authority is solid, then the next thing you would do is you want to begin a relationship with these influencers. And the best way to do that is to, assuming that they are higher than you in the food chain, right? You, they, they have a bigger audience. They, you need them more than they need you. Uh, then you would want to approach them and do so in a way that's not creepy, that is where you are bringing value to them and that you are showing that, and I would say first off, like let's say Twitter. So Twitter, in my opinion, is the greatest platform in the world for initiating a relationship with about anyone on the planet that you desire. So you'd want to start by maybe liking some of their tweets, replying to some of their tweets, retweeting something there, and then that kind of gets you on the radar. And be authentic be genuine, don't be phony, and certainly, again, don't be creepy. But then eventually, you're going to want to engage them in conversation in a way that shows that this is a subject that you happen to know a lot about and that you could bring value. Now, you have to understand that anyone with an audience is going to generally be pretty busy and they need help. So with Savings Angel, uh, my syndicated newspaper column audience, I've got an audience of 1.1 million readers. I do TV in 75 markets two to four times a month. I have a lot of stuff that I need to get done for that audience. And so thankfully, I have a team, but I also rely on other people saying, hey, I'm not sure if you heard about this, but this is going on. Your audience would probably be interested in this. As long as that pitch, as it were, is offered to me in a non-salesy way, then it's generally going to work out pretty good for everybody. If, however, you reach out to influencers and they can smell sales on your breath, like it's just about you and what you want, they're going to turn and they are going to run. So when you reach out to people who have audiences and you're just coming at it from a, here's what's in it for me. Like It's like that same thing like when you get guest blogging email requests. Hey, yeah. I would like to guest blog on your blog, and here's all I ask for in return. I want two do-follow links. I want you to promote it here and there, and I want you... you know, it's like, how audacious could you possibly be? You know, First off, you're approaching somebody else. You're a guest approaching somebody, going into somebody else's house, and you're in no position to start making demands about what they need to do for you. You approached them. So if that's the case, you need to talk about what you can provide them that would be valuable to them and make absolutely no requests about what's in it for you. And if you will have the faith and you'll trust that a professional 
will reciprocate, but you have to give them the space to reciprocate, then this is probably going to work out pretty good for you. But you have to let them come up with the, oh, you know, uh, and I'll give you a perfect example. Let's say that you do want to guest blog. One of the most important things that you could say is that you could approach them as a fan Okay. And you say something to the effect of, I really, I've really enjoyed reading your blog over the past several months. You know, I read this article and this article and, and you show some evidence that you're legit. And then you say something to the effect of, you know, it would be my dream to be able to participate in some way. This is what I happen to be an expert in, in this subset of what you talk about on a regular basis. I would love to be of service to you and your audience. And the most important thing you say in this email, by the way, is, and I don't need any kind of links back. I don't need any kind of promotion. I really would love to just do this as a way of saying thank you for everything that you've provided me. So there, what you just did, you just disarmed them from thinking, okay, what do you got for sale? Because you just said, I don't need anything. I'm just doing this because I'm a total geek on this subject. And I would love to just do this as a way of saying thank you back. Yeah, that's pretty masterful. Yeah, it sounds like it would work. And you know what's going to happen? And someone might be saying, who's uh, just heard what I just shared right now. And they might say, but why would I do all that work for nothing in return? (laughs) All right. A true professional, guess what they're going to do anyway? They're going to reciprocate. They're going to, they're going to source you. That's just what they do, but you have to give them the space to source you and reciprocate and give. You can't ask for it. Yeah. So that makes total sense. The people who appreciate that you're coming with the desire to help are going to make an avenue for you to help is essentially Mm. what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Hey, we will get back to the episode right after this short break. I promise. Do you have questions about podcasting? I just might have some answers for you. You can go to podcastfasttrack.com slash question and leave your question or comment. Who knows? You might hear your melodious voice on the next episode. I always keep my promises. So here we go. Now, let me ask you a question more specific to podcasters, and maybe I should have asked this toward the beginning of the interview, but why would a podcaster want to take this route to get more exposure? I mean, they just want to grow their audience. They want to maybe Mm -hmm. eventually get a sponsor for their show. What benefits does this approach give to them that just posting things on social media doesn't? Because it's going to grow your audience. So because uh, when you are seen in front of more and more audiences and diverse audiences, lots of different audiences, this is just naturally going to attract people to what you're doing. And don't be afraid to go out into other media platforms and bring them in. Bring them in for all of us, all of us podcasters. I've been podcasting for getting on five years now. I absolutely love the medium. And, you know, I know that when I go on TV, I am going to get new listeners to my podcast. And so I think all of us, you know, to some degree have visions of being the king or queen of all media and that you're, you're seen as an authority in your industry, not just, you know, in your industry 
on a podcast on your particular show, but that you're seen everywhere. It's really good for building your audience. And on the subject of attracting advertisers, well, advertisers want to know that you're capable, that you can be seen in multiple places, and that you are just an authority, not again, just for your one little show, but that the world recognizes you as an authority. So it just increases your overall clout. And with that increased clout comes higher and higher ad rates. It's more than just numbers. You know, does your audience respect you as a source for the entire industry? And do they hang on your every word because you've become the tastemaker for what's going on in your industry? Yeah, totally makes sense. I couldn't agree more about that exposure translating into listeners. I mean, every time I've been featured on a podcast of any size, my number of subscribers go up. It's just yes, a of fact. course. It's just a fact of how it works. And so imagine fellow podcasters who are listening right now getting on your local media outlet, even if it's like a little community station or it's a public radio sort of a show where mm-hmm. they're talking about your particular niche. Who's going to be listening to that? Well, it's the people who love your particular niche. And they are going to hear you as the expert and they're going to want to find out more about your podcast when they find out that you have one. So Josh, let me ask you a different kind of a question, I think, and maybe it's not really all that different. We'll see after I get it out of my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) If I say, yes, I'm all in, I agree with Josh. This is what I want to go about doing. Where do we start in terms of determining who we should target? I mean, what are the, the ways you decide this incremental set of steps of growing, you know, in my local level, then to a regional level, then to a more national level. I mean, how do you determine who are the right people to reach out to? Well, ultimately, again, I think you need to ask, what is it that I have for sale? I mean, where does my money come from? And you kind of work from there backwards. So let's say you're a podcaster and you're also a consultant and you do team building consulting or something for small to medium sized companies, say 50 to 100 employees. So you've identified, you know who your audience is, you know who your avatar is. And so you then want to look at, well, where does my avatar hang out? And where is my audience already pre-congregating? And that's where I want to be. So say it's um, small, medium-sized businesses, you know, 50 to 100 employees, and it's the HR managers. So you want to really just think like an HR manager and say, well, where does she or he get their news? You know, where do they get their industry information? What blogs are they reading? Are they watching YouTube? And if so, what are they watching there? What kind of content are they after? Do they read newspapers? And if so, you know, which ones would those be? Are there particular columnists uh, that they follow? And that's where you want to get um, pretty thoughtful about where you spend your time. So there's two ways to go about this. There's the, you know, kind of digging for gold in terms of what can I do to drive more sales? And so that's where you want to get very specific in front of your audience. It's going to translate into buying customers. But then there's also the authority stuff. And so you might actually get more sales from appearing on another small podcast 
than you would, let's say, going on CNN. It's possible that that could happen. But you should also do CNN because that increases your overall brand value and your overall authority. So when you are seen in CNN and then you brag about the fact that you are just on CNN and you brag about that to your audience, to your future audience, that logo's on your website, that's going to increase your overall conversion rate. And so authority is kind of like It's kind of like having more muscle mass. When you have a lot of authority, then you don't have to work as hard in order to get the same amount of sales. Whereas maybe going on a podcast directly in front of your targeted audience, well, that would be more like cardio. You're going to burn a lot of calories and, and, you know, hopefully lose, drop some extra fat if that's what your goal is. Um, but I think that you ought to be doing both in the same so that you can kind of move both needles forward. Yeah, I love that approach. That illustration with the fitness things there is very helpful. Josh, I have one more question before I dive into how you can help specific people. And that question is this, you yourself have, so to speak, two different brands. You have this PR agency Mm -hmm. and then you have Savings Angel also. Many podcasters, from my experience, are similar. They have a lot of interest. They may podcast about two or three different things. You mentioned having LinkedIn profiles and Twitter profiles, and they need to be clear on who you are. Well, what if you have two or three different pursuits? How do you go about setting up the right press kits and setting up the right sort of a persona that effectively captures all those different aspects of who you are for the different audiences? It's easy to do one profile very well, but if you're like me and in one world, you're kind of known as the consumer savings guy. You know, I'm the guy who can get you deals, hookups, and upgrades on anything in life. And that's kind of where I built my media personality. But I felt like, you know, with all my success with that, you know, I started working with small business owners and just kind of doing some pro bono mentoring. And I realized just how critical it is that I be of service to this audience. And so you're going to have to develop a narrative and that narrative is going to tell your story. And uh, hopefully that narrative, you know, you kind of weave those two personalities together well. I think if we end up looking too fragmented. I think that there is the risk of seeming a bit unprofessional. You know, it's like, well, I, you know, I'm a veterinarian at day and, um, I do plumbing in the evening. It's kind of, well, that's kind of weird. Um, you know, how did you, you know, how'd you line up those two worlds? Um, so, you know, you do want to kind of be careful with that. And I think you might find yourself kind of in a position where one personality is just going to be the one that you lead with. So for me, I would say 90 plus percent of my effort is in serving businesses as an advocate for them to help them to become more famous. I mean, I turn digital entrepreneurs into media celebrities and Savings Angel, while I've enjoyed that experience, I really have just seen that as the vehicle that's allowed me to fulfill my true life's purpose. And that is to really inspire and help other business owners with the platform that we've created at UpEnd PR. Yeah. So that's a perfect segue. Tell us what it is you do. You said you make media celebrities out of digital entrepreneurs. Explain to us, how do you do that in terms of the relationship, the the packages that you offer, that sort of thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in the world of PR, um, one thing that I found is that it's typically very expensive. Having PR firms charge you anywhere between eight to 12 to $20,000 a month is 
pretty, I mean, that's pretty much the norm. And so if you are a business owner and you're still growth focused, you're post revenue, I mean, you're making money, but you don't want to, you want to, you want to get ahead with your PR and you're looking for a solution under $2,000 a month. There's not a whole lot out there other than just, you know, someone patting you on the back and saying, go get them tiger. So we really wanted to create a platform that business owners could use that could help them grow in their, both their authority and in influence um, so that they could bring their message to a huge audience and they could help have a big impact on the world. So that's what we created. It's more of a tool. So I don't want to say it's done with you, but we certainly have levels just in terms, you know, just kind of based on how fast that you want to grow. We've got silver, gold, and platinum levels. And then we do a lot of stuff pro bono because I absolutely believe in giving and serving and bringing value to those who are not yet at that revenue stage. And there's a lot of things that you can have for free. So in fact, for everybody who's listened to the podcast, you've been listening this long, you're a very special person, and I believe in you. And so here's how you can have my $1,200 video e-course absolutely free. So when you go to upendpr.com, and it's U-P-E-N-D-P-R.com, and you click on pricing, you'll see a button toward the top, and it says free membership. If you click on there, it'll give you a little coupon code on the page right there. You have to look for it, and you enter that in, and it will zero out the price, and you can have that video course for free. It's six hours of video training, and it's called Millions in Free Media, and it's exactly how I've been able to get in the media over 2,000 times, make $6 million in revenue revenue uh, without spending. We've spent less than $500 in advertising. And so I teach you exactly how I did it. Wow. That is a very generous offer of you, Josh. I sure appreciate that. So folks, you heard it there. Go to the pricing page on UpendPR. That's U-P-E-N-D-P-R.com. And you can get that course for free by following the instructions that Josh just gave us. Josh, I so appreciate your time today and all the bombs you've dropped on us. I mean, this is all a (laughs) world that I think most of us podcasters didn't even know was a possibility for us. You know, we've been scratching and clawing to promote our own thing in our own way and whatever way we can figure out. And here's somebody who's already figured out the big way to do it and is just giving all that away for free. So, man, what great value, Josh. Thank you so much. Absolutely, Carrie. And, you know, podcasters are already givers. It's just in our culture. It's just what we do. So I'm just going to tell you that as a podcaster, you have an advantage that lots of other people don't have. If you go and you serve, you enjoy serving audiences and you enjoy serving audiences wherever you go, you're just going to find that working in the media is going to, it's just going to be an easy path for you. It's really not going to be that difficult for you. You just have to go and do the work and then you you'll have the power. Yeah, I so appreciate that. Well, Josh, I'm going to go and get that free course in. That is going on my January 2018 project list. Uh, I'm just going to work through the curriculum. I'm going to learn every step of it and start applying that to my own business. So I'll keep you updated on on what happens. Awesome, Kara. I love it. Thank you so much. You bet. This show is brought to you by Podcast Fast Track, where my team provides professional podcasting services without the time suck. Full production, editing, and show notes, all in one monthly subscription package. You can find out more at podcastfasttrack.com. Now go out and make it a podcastificating day.
Audio editing and show notes by podcastfasttrack.com. Get 15% off your first month by mentioning this show.